Welcome to the Rabbit Hole Club, where we're keeping it surreal and talking about all things odd, mysterious, and paranormal. This is show 24 and the last show of season one. Sorry about it being so late. That whole holiday airline meltdown thingy really screwed up my schedule. But here it is now. I also have several shows I'm working on to start season two, and I think it'll more than make up for it. Tonight, I'm diving headlong into a rabbit hole that's near and dear to my heart. Fairies, the fae, and elemental spirits. This is a topic most people think of as being fantasy or science fiction. But is it? Once again, I'm alone for this show. So get out your tinfoil hats and let's explore this subject together. It's candid with mature content and some adult language, so be advised. Before we dive in too deep, Remember to hit that subscribe button and give this show a thumbs up. Your support is what helps me keep bringing you fun and freaky shows with colorful guests, interesting ideas, and amazing stories. So if you're listening, you should also keep in mind that my fairy art is all through this show, along with some neato photos and cool original videos in the YouTube version. So if you're listening to this, thank you, but remember to check out the video too. You can find it easiest by browsing the video gallery on my website. My channels are all full of fun little goodies that'll make you go, hmm. And they can all be found on my website too, along with all my social media, YouTube, and podcast links. TheRabbitHole.Club. That's right, I said dot .club. C-L-U-B. The audio version of this show is also listed with all the podcast distributors under Colleen's Rabbit Hole Club. C-O-L-L-E-E-N-S, Rabbit Hole Club. You'll find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and so many more. If you or someone you know would like to share a scare, a show idea, a personal experience, or anything else odd and unusual, you can call my hotline at 816-514-5084. Leave a message there or send an email to submit at therabbithole.club. And now, here's the show! Starting out tonight, let's take a look at this week's Rabbit Reel, perusing bizarre news around the world. Topping the weirdness tonight is the story of Andrew Dawson and the giant he filmed on a mountaintop in Jasper National Park in Alberta, Canada. Dawson was a TikToker who shared his everyday life on the social media platform which included cute and endearing videos of his dog and his girlfriend, as well as some pranks and deep thoughts. I went through a lot of them, and they're just some dude sharing his life on TikTok. But in April of 2022, Dawson and a friend were out driving and shooting video when he captured a rather large bipedal creature walking along the crest of a snow-capped mountain. He became immediately obsessed with what he'd seen and spent the next several weeks filming his ongoing mission to discover what it really was. This rabbit hole got very dangerous very fast and included a series of videos he took of the same mountain with nothing on it. One with a very strange aerial phenomenon or UFO over it. Another video with two military helicopters airlifting something big off the mountain. And another video with a sudden structure appearing on the mountain top where there wasn't one before. He tried to get to the top of the mountain a couple of times, but was met with police or military roadblocks who made him turn around, one of which he filmed. 
Then strange vehicles seemed to be stalking him outside of his home and peeling away when he tried to confront them. Towards the end of his videos, he made a rather awkward clip of himself admitting it was all a scripted setup. Hey guys, I just want to give you an update. I'm not dead. I have not disappeared. Uh, I have just been busy with life. I couldn't get around to posting and updating you guys. So now, now I'm going to give you an official update of what's been going on. Sorry to disappoint you guys, but all of the videos that I post, all the videos that I posted were scripted, were just fake, were just strictly for entertainment. Sorry to disappoint you guys. I just need to give you a quick update. The awkward part was that he consistently looked off camera like there was someone there. And shortly after this, he posted a follow-up video where he recanted himself saying he was scared. You might not see me post ever again. My videos weren't, they weren't fake. This would be the last video he would make and his story was real. It wasn't long after this he was reported as missing, and as of July 1st, 2022, his obituary was posted in the Campbell River Mirror, where you can go look it up for yourself at CampbellRiverMirror.com. This is an ongoing mystery, and nobody seems to know what happened to Andrew Dawson. I haven't been able to locate a cause of death, either. You can check out his TikTok for yourself on the app at AndyCapped. A-N-D-Y-K-A-P-T. Okay, this story happened last spring and summer, so why am I covering it as news this week? Because there are other reports of giants being filmed in Mexico and South America this month. That's why. Early this month, a truck driver in Mexico filmed a very similar figure standing on a mountain peak as he drove down the road. He estimated the figure to be at least 40 feet tall, but who really knows? From the distance and angle, it could have been 100 feet tall. Then there were the two huge figures on a mountain filmed a couple of weeks ago in Peru. They kind of looked like they might have been dancing the hustle or maybe even getting busy. Or the cave giant supposedly filmed in Mexico last fall who was peeking in and out of his cave. I could go on and on and on about giants like the infamous Kandahar giant of Afghanistan or Alaska, depending on who you ask. But I think we'll save the rest for a future show. Feel welcome to hit me up with your ideas, questions, or info on this subject. Such a crazy cool topic. In UAP slash UFO news this week, Russian governor Vasily Galyubev, I hope I didn't butcher that, of Rostov, says the Russian military shot down a confirmed UFO on January 3rd of this year over the town of Sultan Salah, which is in the southern region of Russia and a military stronghold. The object is said to have been in the form of a ball, but I couldn't find any reference to the actual size. The explosion it made when they hit it rattled windows and shook the town, causing a lot of panic. Governor Golubev told his constituents via social media on Telegram to, quote, remain calm. To ensure security, all forces and means are involved and the sky is covered with anti-aircraft defenses, unquote. Although he never said exactly what the object was, and it's also fair to note the area has been a hotspot for drone attacks and drone activity related to the Ukrainian war. On another side note, UFO and UAP activity in the Russian and Ukrainian skies has been incredibly high since the war began, but so far 
I haven't seen any reports of aggressive behavior from the UFOs. It's also important to note that over the last couple of weeks, these same silver spheres or silver balls have been reported all over the world. Encrypted news, another less blurry but still not clear photo of Bigfoot was taken in the wilds of Washington State. Ron B. submitted the photo to Rocky Mountain Sasquatch Association along with his experiences. He stated that while on a fishing trip near the Ho River, he heard tree knocking, talking in gibberish, and howling he could not explain. Interesting photo. In recent weeks, photos of the Lord Palace of the Kings in the ancient Sumerian city of Girsu were released to the public. This incredible archaeological site was found in the southern Iranian desert by spy planes used by the UK during the Cold War. And discoveries include over 200 cuneiform tablets describing daily administrative records of the time. The site is estimated to be over 4,500 years old, making it the oldest on record and causing scientists to rethink the origin and timeline of humans on this planet. Stay tuned. This will be interesting to follow. Moving on this week, we really can't overlook all the UFO and balloon stories going around right now either. Bear with me. It's all pretty bizarre, and the stories are scrambled all over the place, so the facts are a little hard to track down and decipher. I'll do my best to sort it out, but that's a tall order. I mean, who or what do you believe? We've been lied to so much by so many, it makes the sorting sort of sorted, you know? Okay, it all started on January 28th when the balloon entered the United States airspace near Alaska. It floated for seven days, unmolested, across Alaska, Canada, and the top two-thirds of our country before it was shot down off the coast of South Carolina on February 4th. This balloon was reported by Assistant Secretary of Defense Melissa Dalton to be about 200 feet tall, which is the size of the Statue of Liberty, and it had a jetliner-sized payload. What was in that giant payload, you ask? Senior State Department officials said the payload included solar panels and surveillance collection equipment. Despite several days of searching, none of this equipment was ever found. Although the balloon itself was recovered and China maintains it was simply a weather balloon that was blown off course. Meanwhile, February 10th through 12th shut down the airspace over parts of Canada, Alaska, and the Great Lakes region due to three more unidentified objects being sighted at high altitudes. Two of these objects were shot down by U.S. military, although they never exhibited any aggressive behavior, and they were never retrieved. The first one shot down was said to be cylindrical in shape and about the size of a small car, with no visible means of propulsion and no one manning the craft. The second one was said to be octagon shaped with some type of strings hanging from it. Again, there was no visible means of propulsion or a pilot. The retrieval mission for both of these objects continues, but rough terrain and extreme winter weather is currently hampering those efforts. While all of this is going on in our skies, Jane Doe agreed to open up and disclose more names in the Epstein flight logs, and the U.S. blew up the natural gas pipeline feeding Russia from Germany. Is there more? Probably. Not that I don't believe in alien life forms, obviously, or nosy Chinese neighbors, 
but I sure have noticed a lot of nefarious and distracting behavior from the governments of the world, especially our own, and this whole thing stinks like yesterday's dirty diapers. Why in God's heaven would our military wait a week to shoot down a threat until it was all the way through our country and out to sea? Why would our president address the Union saying that there were three unidentified flying objects that didn't belong to our country or any other country when only a couple of years ago they called people crazy for believing that was even possible? Hogs swallow all of it. I don't know about you, but I'm damn tired of being lied to, manipulated, and used by these elite asswipes to further their own agenda and fill their greedy pockets. I don't believe a word that comes out of their mouths. Instead, I'm learning to trust my own experiences, my own gut feelings, and my own intuition. I strongly suggest you do the same. Remember, through all of the strangest bombarding us like never before, this is the most incredible time in history to be alive on this planet. It's my opinion that we're here to witness the unprecedented and we're the center of cosmic attention because of it. All eyes in the universe are on us right now and on our evolution. Some of it might be hard to look at, but we should be honored to have this opportunity. That's not all the weirdness in the world this week, but that's all we have time for in this episode. On to this week's Colleen's Colloquy, which is just a bit of life's wisdom that's helped me along the way, and I'm passing it on to you in hopes that you might find it helpful too. Feel welcome to comment, or you can share your own. I've always been a change-the-world kind of girl, but trying to change this world is challenging, heart-wrenching, overwhelming, and frustrating. Oh, and changing this world is not necessarily all my job. This is how my guides advised me when I asked them about it. If you really want to change the world, start within yourself and work your way out. That's the most solid and effective path and method to cause real change. Also remember that even the smallest grain of sand can tip the scales. I'm passing that along in hopes that if we all do this, it'll be a joint effort. Strength in numbers, you know. And now, down the rabbit hole we go! First things first, at the start of this show, I used a little analogy I'd like to elaborate on. I said to get out your tinfoil hats, which is supposed to be a funny. But is it really? It's meant to conjure images of silly people with their heads wrapped in aluminum foil trying to prevent alien or government mind control. And most people will giggle about it. But let's take a deeper look at this strangeness. I always think of the movie Signs with Joaquin Phoenix and the two kids sitting on the couch with their heads wrapped in foil looking much like Hershey's Kisses. Magneto from X-Men also comes to mind, but he has a sleek, fancy superhero helmet. Nobody laughed at Magneto, but Joaquin's character has become somewhat of a pop cultural joke. So what's the deal, you ask? Well, they're both based on the same idea that the metal wrapped around their heads will protect their minds from being manipulated or controlled. Isn't that cockamamie? Maybe, maybe not. In actuality, metal really does block, deflect, and affect radio waves and all kinds of other energies on the electromagnetic spectrum. So it's just possible this idea isn't as goofy or far-fetched as it sounds. Just putting that out there. 
With that bizarre little bit of trivia said, and now, fairies. It's one of my favorite subjects. I have so many personal experiences with these fine folk, and tonight, I'm going to share some with you. We're going to start with a little poem I wrote. As a young child, I recall the hues, rich tones of yellow, orange, purple, and blue. I remember the sparkle they left in my heart and the lovely inspiration they did impart as we played with them on warm summer nights. They danced and floated through the air, twinkling soft and graceful lights. I completely took it for granted at that tender young age that things aren't always what they seem. As an adult, it occurred to me that lightning bugs only come in yellow and green. Wondering if my memory served me correctly, I asked my sisters to be sure. When you were a child outside at night, do you remember what color the fireflies were? They all took on a faraway gaze, lost in the sweet memories of our yesterdays. They answered fondly, of course we recall the hues. They were different colors of yellow, orange, purple, and blue. Feeling better about my mind, I'm now faced with a new query. Were they fireflies at all, or do children see fairies? Most of my life has been blessed with the wee folk. I remember playing with them as a child, and I just thought they were multicolored fireflies. I didn't even think about it being out of the ordinary until I was an adult, and it occurred to me that lightning bugs aren't usually purple. Yep, that's a true story right there, I'll tell you what. I really do remember playing and believing as a child without a second thought. It was just so normal to me that when I grew up and that world faded to the background, I didn't even notice. It even got to the point that when my folks would talk about the fairies, I would have no interest in the conversation. I guess I outgrew them to some degree. My first in-your-face adult interaction with the fae came when I was about 30 years old while walking through a big pasture late one night. I stopped to take a break and noticed an orange orb glowing from inside of a bush next to me. It was about the size of a quarter and glowed like the soft cherry of a lit cigar. The more I looked, the more I found, but I couldn't figure out what they were, even with a flashlight. When I came back the next day to check in the daylight, I found absolutely nothing to account for the glowing lights. It was just a plain old empty bush. Then, as if by some kind of crazy magic, the lights started showing themselves by the dozens all over the property. They weren't just orange lights sitting in a bush either. They appeared in white, purple, and blue, and they were more often found racing through the field and emitting high-pitched buzzing sounds. I wasn't the only one seeing them either. Doubters and believers alike would go into that place and see them too. It was incredibly cool. Even though I was no stranger to the paranormal, it took me a minute to figure out what I was dealing with. And that happened when the lights began swirling into faces and forms in my mind's eye. It was insane. They were so diverse, but they were all so natural. I started drawing them in a little sketch diary my mom and dad got me for my birthday. At the time, I was the traveling airbrush junkie and I was performing in two or three cities a week at different colleges all over the United States. That sketch diary became a valued travel companion while I toured the country, 
and each new place introduced me to unique and wonderful beings, every one of them with their own purpose and personality. Some were very specific to geography, weather conditions, and general atmosphere, but many were universal in their characteristics too. Take for example the sylph. I relate very much to these amazing and kind little beings, and they are usually the ones I see or interact with first. I met my first sylph in that same pasture as a very fast-moving purple light that sounded just like the high trill of a cordless phone. The little light followed me home, played with my cat, and got to know my family. From that point on, anywhere I go, if there are fairies in that area, I usually see the sylphs first and they are a complete delight. Just to give you a point of reference, Tinkerbell is a sylph, although her temperament isn't comparable to the real deal. I've never seen a male sylph either. They've always been female. I mean, maybe they're androgynous or hermaphrodite or the sexes look so much alike you can't tell them apart. My mom would have suggested looking under their little wings, but I bet they wouldn't like that. They are highly intelligent, very kind, loyal, and the dear abbeys of the fairy realm. If you want to know what's going on, ask a sylph. If they don't know, they'll find out. They are easily distracted, however, and have no real concept of time. That means they'll find out and will certainly return with information, but it might take them a minute. They don't really have bad tempers that I've seen, because some fairies do, but they will ignore you if you offend them. I've drawn all kinds of sylphs but my dad actually got a photo of what we believe to be a real sylph, and I've seen other photos taken by other people who bear a striking resemblance. Dad got the photo out of the property one night when we were enjoying a nice, open-fire dinner of chicken and roasted corn on the cob. You could see me and my youngest son in the background tending to the chicken and the fire. The only visible lights were that of the fire I was tending and a tiki torch right behind me except for the strange light hanging over my head. This is exactly one of the lights I've been talking about, and if you zoom in and adjust the brightness and contrast, you can even see a little fairy form radiating inside the light. If you think that's strange, wait till you hear the rest of the story. Beginning in 2010, life changed for me, as it has a tendency to do, and I sadly lost access to the place of the fairies. Over the next several years, I went through half a dozen moves, a divorce, and having my storage unit burglarized. It was after one of these moves in 2014 that I realized my beloved sketch diary had disappeared in and amongst all the chaos. I was distraught, but what do you do? I had no idea where it could have gone or even where to start looking. To be honest, I really thought it was stolen during the burglary where I lost some truly beloved items but I let go. Then one spring night during the 2020 pandemic, I was house sitting for a friend while she was out of town. And as I sat on the back porch watching her dogs play, I was struck by the number of lightning bugs that filled the yard. It was like a curtain of twinkling lights and I was immediately taken back to those sweet days with the fairies. I couldn't help myself and I teared up just thinking about the loss of my sketch diary that night. I did a little meditation on my fairy friends that evening, more or less thanking them for the good times. The next night, completely out of the blue, 
I got a message from a young man asking me if I'd like to have my sketch diary back. Wait. What? Yep, the very sketch diary I cried about just the night before. The same little book that had disappeared so many years ago suddenly resurfaced in my world. I'm still unclear as to how it came into his possession, but after being gone for six years, it came home to me. You could have knocked me over with a feather. How often does that happen? When I picked the book up the following day, he muttered something about a garage sale and about how he and his friends were trying to recreate some of the art, but I couldn't get a good understanding on how it came to him. My name and phone number were written inside the front cover, and this kid had dated one of my roommate's daughters several years back. But the big picture really made me scratch my head. How did it get from my packed boxes into his hands? Why did he hang on to it all these years? And what in the world made him contact me to return it? The timing of that was incredible. I decided this was divine. So I finished the sketches in that book and added this incredible story during the COVID lockdown. I self-published on Amazon. The book is called The Adventures of a Sketch Diary by Colleen Kaufman. You can find it by searching Amazon for Colleen Kaufman, or I'll include a link in the description here and in the show notes. The Fae. The Wee Folk. The Shay. According to Merriam-Webster, there are 25 synonyms for fairy, F-A-E-R-I-E, all describing creatures of the earth, air, water, and fire, also known as elementals. When I was a young teenager, one of my so-called mentors introduced me to the word elementals, but I didn't make the fairy connection until I was much older. She made it sound like elementals were evil, horrible, and bad to have around, and she didn't make the correlation between the elements and the fairy folk either. Little did she know, I had plenty of experience with these wonderful creatures as a child, and I wasn't really scared of them. I have always had a very healthy respect for them, but in all actuality, we played together and I loved them deeply. I grew up thinking of them as a working part of this universe and of our Earth, which they are. They can also be scary and mean, but by and large, they are enchanting, beautiful, and they love all life on this planet. I think I understand why she was so dismissive and strange about the subject. I think she was probably scared of the wee folk, and if I were her, I would probably be scared of them too. She wasn't a very nice person, and some of her intents and practices were very contrary to the natural order of things, which is in direct contrast to the realm of the fairies. They are truly stewards of our earth, and they take their stewardship very seriously. Fairies were my first lesson in just because it looks ugly doesn't mean it's bad, and not all beautiful things are good, too. Some of the homeliest faces have been so kind, while I've seen some of the most beautiful be purely sinister. I've learned to follow my gut with the wee folk and never take anything at face value. But the one thing you can usually count on is that they are doing what they believe is their job, and they take it very personally when you interfere with that. It is always advisable to be respectful and kind when dealing with the fairies. They make amazing friends and terrifying enemies. There are those who actively don't like people, and others who are simply crabby old curmudgeons, 
so it's just best to leave them alone. It's also worth noting that in places where the earth is sick or wrong, the local fae are also likely to be sick and wrong. Dealing with a mentally unbalanced fairy can be scary and dangerous, although respect goes a long way with all of them. Life with the fae happily continues for me. Living in the city limits my interactions, but I visit the country every chance I get. When my dad started having strange things happen around his home at the Lake of the Ozarks, we set him up with a trail cam. First time we used the video, we caught an interesting clip in his backyard during the winter of 2022 as a big snowstorm was settling in. It was a very unusual light twirling around against the wind and snow. Is it a fairy? Is it a sky fisher rod? Maybe a UFO or UAP? We're not sure, but the light and grace of it certainly reminds me of the fairies. In another strange clip caught on my back porch, a little pink light makes an appearance and then disappears without a trace. It kind of reminds me of a fairy too, but who knows. Just the night before this video was caught, we had another strange anomaly caught out in front of our house. It was a group of clouds that stayed very still over the top of our house for a very long time, while all the other clouds in the sky moved normally. That's not the strangest part, however. The whole time this cloud sat there, you could see very obvious light patterns flashing inside of the cloud, and at one point, a bright white light could be seen emerging from the cloud for a split second, then diving back into the cloud again. So weird. Well, that's my show for this week. Special thanks to my wonderful boyfriend and my amazing family for helping me get this project off the ground and rolling it to a good place. Next week, keep your eyes peeled for a new season of the Rabbit Hole Club. I have all kinds of goodies in mind and some fun guests to keep your brain burning. The opening show for season two is all about Denver International Airport. You don't want to miss that. It's crazy. Thanks for listening and keep it surreal.